Hello all, welcome to another episode of uh, DirectShift Stories and today I'm excited uh, with our exclusive special guest. We all know that business changes or business dies. So as change happens, there are these high profile leaders who might find their jobs at risk. So for many years, this guest of ours had helped executives go through that particular transition. There is this hidden job, mar uh, job market and uh, there are specific strategies which you can apply and uh, there are a few interviews which you can go through to land your dream job. So the kind of approach which he goes through is based on positive psychology, uh, different coaching techniques that only uh, are different uh, for different kinds of people to obtain employment. So let's create a sense of well-being and accomplish during this process. I would request all of you, in case if you're watching this live, uh, leave in your questions, comment. Let us know through your comments uh, because this is going to be an awesome job show in terms of uh, coaching, training, or um, probably in case if you would like to have your certifications also. So let's uh, welcome Barbara Goldman. Hi, Barbara. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Thank you for accepting our invite to be on Directive Stories and uh, making this an awesome job show. It's my pleasure. I am delighted to be here. I can reach more people. This is great. Thank you. I, I love the sign which says, do what you love in your background. And that's what I help people do. Because when you do what you love, and oh, it's an old saying, that you will be successful. Well, it's because your heart sings. And when your heart is singing about what you're doing, you'll be more creative and more successful. It just happens. So do what you love. Yeah, but there is this misconception that many people, uh, not only on LinkedIn, but uh, everywhere on social media, they think that their boss is an obstruction. What do you have to say? Like many people would love to do what um, they love, but they think their boss is a an obstacle. What what have you got to say about that? Oh, that's what a good question. When your boss is the obstacle, and this is all the time, your boss one might be an obstacle if he or she is I feel threatened by you that you might take their job, and uh, your boss might be an obstacle if you are becoming my, more high profile, um, there's a lot of misbehavior. And you see that in the workplace and that's what I help people with because if you have a boss like that, there are techniques that you can use to try to win them over and try to get more from the relationship. There are also techniques that you know, if you're going to have a toxic boss like that in your way, you got to get out of there. You got to go where there's opportunity for you or else you have nothing. You're just, um, you might as well pay, you might as well pay your boss to work there because it, it, you are paying them to work there for all your misery and the frustration and the psychiatrist and everything that you need, <laughs> me, <laughs> Probably we would pay a lot uh, then rather than the kind of earning. Right. So you might as well, instead of being miserable, get the heck out of Dodge. And don't let anybody know. 
and don't feel guilty. Um, and while you're doing that, while you're interviewing, if you can make it better where you're working, do that first. You know, you need to look at what you'll, uh, what is best for you? Is it best for you to stay there? Make it work with leadership techniques, the way that you communicate, the way that you negotiate your job. Your job is also, I, I could, I keep saying, you know, things that I could probably write a book about, like your job is a negotiation. It's a constant negotiation. So by using leadership techniques, negotiating your job, you may not have to leave and you may turn a bad boss into a good one. Um, but if you have to leave, then you need to use discretion. Nobody needs to know. Everyone's on a need to know basis. And uh, think about yourself and selling yourself. You are your business. And so don't let anybody hold you back. So every day we walk into our uh, workplace, um, do you think that negotiation happens every single day as we do our job or does it happen only once in a year? Oh, it happens every day. It happens uh, every time you have an opportunity to communicate, you are negotiating. And you, when you look at things that way, you no longer think about, you know, your agenda. You think about the big agenda. What do you need to negotiate to get everything done? It's a bigger way of thinking about your job. It's an executive way of looking at it. So I okay. help people with that. And then awesome. if they can if they can change and they can change if they have a team that isn't working I talked to somebody today his and his complaint was I only make money if my people perform and they're not performing so yeah. you know he knows that he's not going to get a bonus he needs, first of all, can he make his people perform? Can he increase performance? He's been there years. Why should he give up everything that he's worked for? So let's first take that bull by the horns and start working with team members to increase performance. You know, and do that first and then interview on the sly without anybody knowing, just in case. Yeah, and that is definitely one of the best examples for work is hell uh, when our <laughs> team members don't perform. Uh, so how did you come up with this business idea, Barbara? I know for um, normally in all our talks, what we do is we go by uh, first the introduction as to if you could introduce yourself to our audience. Could you please share your journey as to how did BarbaraGoldman.net begin or how did you begin your identity or probably your business? How did you start your business? Okay. I started my business. Um, I had um, a lot of experience. I owned a recruiting firm as the first business I started. But then when I was ready for coaching, when I was ready to retire from recruiting, I started this so that I could help people to do what recruiters do for them and get in front of companies, um, say the right things, uh, learn how to communicate properly. I have been for my entire life uh, in 
the executive suite watching these things happen. I have been interviewing these people. I know how this works. And so I thought when I'm retiring, I thought, well, I wasn't really retiring. I just didn't want to recruit anymore. I didn't want to recruit anymore. I was done. It's a very stressful job. Um, but I thought my greatest good would be helping people, helping them um, take that next step, have the courage to do it, try to figure out how to do it, use unusual techniques that work. Because when, when I was a headhunter for 30 years, my job was to bust down the HR wall. HR has this brick wall. And they, they, you would think that if they're recruiting, they would want to talk to you. They don't. So I know how to get through. And that's what I do with my clients. I help them get through. I help people get through with my videos. I have, um, I have email that if people just follow it, you know, it just, it helps you. It launches you. And so people can do this by themselves by just with the email and my videos, or I help people individually. But, you know, I can't work with everyone individually. So I love to be able to put out, you know, all the informational stuff that people okay. can use. Awesome. So, uh, in fact, yesterday was a hump day and I was wondering, okay, midweek and the burnout happens, but in terms of uh, the kind of recruitment which you have done, does it also uh, relate to healthcare recruitment, Barbara? Oh, yes. I had I owned a BioBrain, which was a healthcare recruiting firm that I had for 15 years. And so everything from uh, clinical uh, placements to the executive level, the chief medical officer, the um, different medical directors, the uh, also the administrative and leadership people. Um, yeah, I know a lot about healthcare and healthcare is really tough. They make it very hard. Um, they have big internal recruiting teams and they make it hard. Yeah, know a lot about that. Yeah, so uh, it would be tough for any uh, external recruitment agency, I guess. So how do, how do you um, help people uh, when it comes to recruitment? Is it just positive thinking or is it positive energy or is it uh, affirmations? Uh, how do you, how do you have, how, how does the strategic planning go uh, in yeah. terms of achieving your dreams? First of all, and I know this is going to sound strange, but I put it to the universe. I believe when things are going on, if you just decide that you want to change your life, and if you put it out there with intent, with intent, and you listen, you know, when you ask the universe to speak, you have to listen. And it might not be telling you the things you want to hear. But the way that I get very much satisfaction with my clients and we work fast is by tuning into this intention, deciding to, um, deciding, first of all, to make a move, then listening to the universe. And it's funny because people work with me and 
things start happening. They just start happening. And it's not me. I'm not a good witch. <laughs> they happen because it's the intent. So it's my intent, your intent. We get focused. And that's why it happens. And you don't need me to get focused. You just need to decide that you are going to move your own world. Okay, here's an example. Um, have you ever, do you know anything about quantum physics? I thought it was very yeah, strange. I, okay. Yeah, I no. heard about it. Well, a, a, a particle can will change when you look at it. Well, that's very strange. We're talking about something that doesn't have a brain. It's a particle. This is the, you know, will change because I'm looking at it. So, yeah. you know, so we have this ability to tune in and to get what we want. I've spent my life doing that. I have spent my life doing that. And that's wow. what I believe everyone can do. When you put that intent, then it happens. So there is this uh, lot of uh, career dissatisfaction due to the post-pandemic uh, burnout or how do you, um, how should somebody cope up with the uh, complications they are getting into their personal lives mm -hmm. or personal relationship uh, with the career dissatisfaction? It hurts your, um, it hurts your personal relationship. You can imagine, can't you? You know, if you're miserable. Yes. And then you go home. And can you tell your wife or your, your, your partner about how miserable you are? Probably not. And yeah, they do, do not understand the work pressure, yeah. And if they care too much, then they get the wrong impression that you are maybe in danger for losing your job or things that aren't true. You know, they want to help and they can't. So don't put them in. It's best not to put them in that in that situation. Okay. But, so yeah. How, so how does that career satisfaction can be achieved uh, based upon um, if somebody had been working for more than five years or six years or probably they're on their way to finishing a decade with the company, how do they achieve that career satisfaction? Normally, if you are unhappy, let's say you're unhappy, with what you're doing. First, start talking outside. Start being open to recruiters. You don't know what's out there. You have no idea. So when a recruiter contacts you, say hi. When If you see a job that you are interested in, reach out. Because when you, and you don't have to take that job. And having conversations noticing where the where the jobs are, where the opportunity is. And you learn a lot by interviewing. And I always say interviewing is a business meeting. So that's how you find out. Reach out. Be open. Okay. Network. Like okay, if, if you wanted to know in uh, uh, like what's going on with your business, you know, you would start networking, finding out what's out there. You know, where is the opportunities? Read the news. There's always industry news. Yeah, that's right. And you the news. Know, yeah, the news will tell you a lot. But Online again, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, on LinkedIn, there are lots of influencers who speaks uh, on the same topics which you might be interested on. That's another mm-hmm. uh, awesome strategy. But what is the exit plan strategy like which you mentioned on your website? Normally, if a company is getting into a merger or if company is about to uh, die or probably it's the end of the journey or what is the exit plan strategy which anybody had to um, uh, look look forward to? One of the things that it, that I notice over and over and over again is people know when their job is at risk. People know. And it's almost yeah. like at first they don't want to believe it. Well, maybe everybody else is at risk, but not me. I'm better. I've been such a good employee. I've done everything right. They won't. That won't happen to me. And so it's like staying on the Titanic. Um, if you wait too long and depending on what type of job you have. Now I work with a lot of executives, those executives jobs take a little time to find and you don't want to be unemployed when you're looking, you're much more valuable employed. So if you see on the horizon and I'm going to say even six months to a year on the horizon, if there's a merger What's going on with your company? Are they losing money? Did they? What is the news? And then start start interviewing and networking and finding out what's out there. Give yourself time. The it it takes time unless you're in a profession where you can quickly pick up a job. That's usually a uh, more of a staff position, an individual contributive role. But even those positions can take time. Defined, especially if you're unemployed, because you have to you have to explain that. Why did you lose your job? Well, did the company fold? No, there's other people they capped. Yeah, you know, again, and there's you know you don't want that. Yeah, the communication, which is again the key, like the way we put it across, uh, uh, how the company had helped us in the past. So. Again, now, could you uh, give us more insights on the positive psychology leadership, uh, Barbara? Like, we know that suffering is optional, but how does this positive psychology leadership going to uh, work? Okay. Sometimes we just start by focusing on right now. Just this minute, what you can control. Because a lot of times when you're going through this, it feels like you're, everything is out of control. And so the first thing to do is gain control, have a plan, and take one step in front of the other. And don't be afraid. Um, when you focus on the positive and this, this positive psychology, I like to think about right now, everything is good. Right now, you have a job. It's a good thing. And right now, I focus on what strengths do you have to bring to the party? Let's focus on your strengths. This positive. Okay? Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. So by focusing on your strengths then, what happens is you start to you start to expand your mind about what kind of job you may want. You see what you've 
been able to contribute in a clearer way. So it's focusing on strengths and not, and also forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. If you're, if you are ticked off because you are, don't like what's going on at work, we work on forgiveness because if you can't, then you can't move on and that negativity will chew at you. And that's part of the positive psychology is to learn how to drop it from your mind so you don't have that loop in your head, the loop over and over and over. So we get rid of that loop and uh, focus on the positive and take steps constantly. Every day it's be positive. And I like to, I have a little, I ask God every day. Thank God, let me meet people that need me. Let me meet people that I can help the most. And when you go into your day like that, instead of thinking about yourself, instead of me thinking about, oh, let me get a lot of hits today. Let me get a lot of likes. Let me, you know, no, 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 no. That's the opposite. I want to know where can I be of use today? Who needs me the most? And if you do that, while you're looking for your job, guess what happens? The universe speaks. This is who needs you the most. <laughs> yeah. So I was uh, I was just thinking on uh, the comment which you just made. Uh, uh, obviously, we got to be of value of what we are going to contribute to the uh, coworkers, our colleagues. Yeah. But again. Let me get more likes. Let me get more views. That's, that right. hit me hard. <laughs> right, right. And also, let me, here, here's another one. They're looking for a job. Oh, they better get back to me. They better get back to me. Let me find the right job. I'm not finding anything. I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too that. Well, that's tough. You have to be positive and take, you know, and, and think, what company needs me the most? Where can I be the most value? And that's where you're going to be successful. Okay, Barbara. Now, this is very simple, but it's going to be uh, an awesome, effective question, which is, again, everybody's question out there uh, through Google or YouTube. Um, with, with your 30 years of experience, I, I bet you might have given millions of dollars um, as a bonus to lots of other people whom you had uh, recruited. But... How to negotiate or salary? Oh, that's part of, um, that's interesting. Because when you're negotiating salary, it should really start at the very beginning of the process so that when you get an offer, it's no big surprise. By the time you get to the offer, it should be, okay, great. I'll start, you know, in two weeks. But if you don't do it right, then, you know, you've got to, it's just like the job. You negotiate along the way. Don't wait. And, um, and you can, because at the end, when you get that offer, you have one chance to go in. You got to decide, you know, what's your bottom line. You can't go back and forth. Oh, give me money. Oh, wait a minute. Give me more vacation days. And then they go back and forth, back and forth. I have seen that. That's going to blow it. You come back with your counteroffer once. And then you let them 
take that. And usually that's going to work. It's going to get you very close to what you want. But of course, you know, they only have so much. Yeah. But, so, yeah, yeah, the counter offer is one of the strategies again. Um, okay. I love the way you put it, but definitely uh, that would uh, be like, um, uh, probably it will it'll also make you an industry expert doing a research. So lots of people who would work on uh, trying to be better in their career, probably um, uh, they, would, they would they would do lots of research, definitely. Um, so as an industry uh, expert, um, uh, when it comes to coaching and certifications, what what do you have to uh, say about like to? I know you are an ICF coach and uh, do all these credentials from uh, different boards. Is that essential for anybody to see their own? stars? You know, a lot of coaches are not certified. I think it just all depends um, on what what you want to do and also what kind of coaching you're doing. How did you learn to do what you do? Um, but I know a lot of coaches aren't certified. They don't have a program. They don't have... Um, the knowledge, but you can get certified easily. You can get certified online. And I believe you can get certified. And if you go to the ICF, they have links because there's schools and you can get certified, I believe, for 60 hours as a just a CPC. And 60 hours, the way that I did that one is it was 60 hours straight the whole week every day okay so um when you can do it that way you can do it you know where it takes a little time and then that is just basic then the reason that i have so many different um interest i have different interests so then you can go take it further and you want to make sure that every year you know, you learn and every year I do, you have to, you want to be, you want to be the best you can be and really help people and coaching works. So if you want to be a coach, you, getting certified, I'd recommend it. I'd also um, recommend that I, like I have a, right now I am coaching a coach. She's putting together her program you know, you have to have a program. You have to have a message. You have to have something to sell. You have to have some kind of experience somewhere and something that's of value. And you need to do that in order to be a coach. I read somewhere that the average coach the first year makes $10,000 because it takes mm -hmm. that long to figure it out. Yeah. They do a lot that's of freebies. Okay, that's close to $10,000. And many, uh, I guess it would take definitely a couple of hours with the $10,000. But as we know that um, uh, many workers, like anybody who is in the job, would always would love to become a coach. And now on social media, uh, be it Facebook, LinkedIn, there's lots of recruitment happening. Uh, this is uh, probably, you can call it social recruitment. Right. Uh, where you know, people whom you say, like the way you mentioned, they're not certified coach coaches, but they're good with their small um, 
social pitches or social media selling. So they're not coaches. Uh, you know what they are? They're advisors. There's a difference. So, they're teaching people how to do social media, right? They're teaching people how to make money on social media. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. When you're teaching, you're advising. So that's a whole different thing. They don't have to call themselves coaches. They call themselves advisors, someone who knows what they're doing. I know what you're talking about. And I don't think they need to be uh, certified because they're teaching. They need to have a program in place that will allow them to teach and do it automatically. And, um, and I'm on a couple of those where people can just automatically buy a program from me, something that will teach them. It's small. And that is good because um, I can teach people, but I don't need to be a coach to do that. I just need to have the experience, something that they need. And when I coach someone, that's a process of inquiry and of the, the positive psychology. And it's deeper than just teaching. It's also yeah, learning. It, I learn from my, the people I coach. Yeah, that's true. In fact, uh, people speak about uh, the systems, the kind of system which they have, the kind of processes which they follow. Mm -hmm. um, end of the day, everybody out there wants to generate revenue. So be it in terms of online selling, the kind mm -hmm. of content which is being prepared, be it uh, live streaming or be it videos, be it blog articles, be it uh, publishing more uh, content on uh, social media. So with respect to that, again, uh, we all know that retirement is inevitable. Uh, it's um, it's kind like as everybody who is working, we know that we have to face retirement or probably there's end of tunnel. So do uh, all these executives, uh, whoever is working on their um, current environments, uh, are they at risk if they overwork or do they need to stop overworking because everybody uh, these days uh, are increasing their screen time. All they do is work, work, work. So what is your advice for people who are overworking? Okay. People who, you know what, if you're going to make a lot of money, you're going to have to work a lot. That is absolutely the truth. And people who tell you that you're going to be a millionaire and not work, it's not going to happen. So I think you have to get realistic and know that you're building, you're building, building, building. Um, when you are in a job and you want a, a raise, you have to have a, a plan. And we're all, you know, and, and that plan is a negotiation. Now we're all going to have to retire. And I know a lot of people, in fact, I'm in the, I'm in a, uh, it's interesting because I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but I'm in a group that's a global group that we get together. And these are people who teach things and it can be any, anything. What if you're a photographer and you want to teach people photography? You can do that, but you're not going to be a millionaire your first year, but you can set up a program. What if like, uh, <sighs> You know what? People need, what if you need to know how to do a small business books? 
What if you know how to show people how to set up small business books? You know, people, that's hard for people. But it could be something that you advise, you teach. What would you, what do you teach? You teach, don't you? Yeah, um, um, I'm into marketing, uh, but I teach, I teach people, uh, again, generating leads. We work on um, uh, lead generation specifically. We work on uh, prospecting with clients, but we work on in the B2B world uh, where uh, directships.com as a company, uh, we help clinicians connect to employers. So we have got few clients as Mount Sinai, or we have uh, Contra Costa, we have few uh, companies, all these hospitals who would need the locum tenants or who would need the staffing. Um, so we connect few clinicians who are there on our job board. So indirectly, we always, me as a person, I work on B2B uh, marketing, Mm-hmm. And uh, the teaching front, I teach people uh, how to market themselves through the power of videos. Many people um, fear, uh, because of the fear of uh, facing the camera or uh, being judged by others, people don't speak. But I work on that front, uh, teaching people how to um, uh, stop overthinking and how to keep keep pushing themselves, publishing more content. That's what I teach. And it's interesting because when you first start doing that, it's awful to hear yourself. You, it's just yeah. like you pick it apart. But then you start to look around. What is everyone else putting out? And you also ask people's opinion. What do you think about this? And they'll tell you. And you start to get confident because when you're yourself and you're out there reaching out, but you're yourself and you know how to get your message across, it works. People will respond, you know, so that's exciting that you do that. And it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world now. Yeah, it's a completely now due to post pandemic again. uh, There are are many things again, could be pandemic parenting, but uh, we know how you started uh, this business. But why did you choose this profession uh, from a recruiter? Uh, to a coach with all the certifications, Barbara, what made you, uh, like, uh, I understand, or I remember the fact that you mentioned you always wanted to help people, but um, is there also uh, another reason, uh, apart from money or probably um, apart from the monetary value, is there anything which made you choose this profession right now? Before I chose it as a profession, I started taking courses and it was um, the Tony Robbins RMT coaching. I started taking that. And the reason I did is I wanted to bring a coaching, a coaching culture into my company. I was going to use it in my company. But once I really started getting into it, I decided that what I could do is just going to be so much more fun and so much more valuable. But it was two years of taking classes before I made the move to become a coach. Okay. So, so you're an official coach of uh, this particular training school of Tony Robbins, right? So, I mean, did this go for years or was it I'm only certified. like... I'm certified. Well, it took me um, about a year. Took me about a year. I'm certified in R. It's called 
um, it's RMT. It's it's a strategic intervention coaching. So when there is a problem and someone needs a fast fix, they need to get it and they need to feel good about themselves. That's what the Tony Robbins was. And then after that, I wanted to learn um, for business. I I learned the um, the leadership, the high performance leadership coaching, and um, also did uh, the the high the uh, the positive. The positive psychology is what Tony Robbins uses, so that's where I got that. It was the most incredible program, but it's a lot harder than people think. There are easier ways to get certified. It's a great program to take after you get certified because <laughs> it took a long time, a lot of writing. I really, I thought I wrote a book. And um, maybe other people don't take it seriously like that, but I took it very seriously and it's a good stuff. So I did okay. the executive leadership and I also did just certified coaching, learning how to coach for anything, any subject. And then I also took the addiction coaching uh, because I have run into executives who have addiction issues and they needed that. So when someone needs something, I'll spend some time on it. Okay. So uh, definitely with respect to uh, the kind of uh, um, journey which you had going through all these coaching sessions, uh, well, did you go through any failures um, through this particular phase apart from uh, yes. making money, losing money? Um, was there any oh. biggest failure? Well, I think that I, I thought that people would want to talk to me. I did not know how to get started. And so in the beginning, my failure was not understanding that I needed to find out what my audience needed first. Okay. So the failure, and it took me, it took me a few months. It takes time to learn that. So I decided to start just talking to people and asking them what they needed. And I didn't do this by a survey. I did it by actually talking to people. I hate those surveys. I'd rather talk to someone. I can hear their voice. I, I can ask an extra question. <laughs> well, that's what I did. That's awesome. Yeah, now that you mentioned uh, you hate surveys, uh, so what do you do for fun? Well, I don't fill out surveys. Um, <laughs> let's see, for fun, what do I do? Well, since the pandemic, not a whole lot. But um, for the last year, I've been reading for fun and studying for fun and kind of entertaining my own brain for fun because you can't ask my husband to entertain me. I can't, you know, there's only so many balls I can toss with my dog. So I had to learn to be, <laughs> so I've been very self-entertaining, very self-entertaining. And I try to also, because I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of patience for slow stuff. So I look for fast. Anything that can get me there fast is what I look for. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I, I was just wondering what kind of books. Is it fiction, nonfiction, the kind of non -fiction. books which you read? Nonfiction. Nonfiction. Now, I, I have read 
fiction. What did I ask? Um, what did I read? I read a real uh, bald faced lie. No, white faced. I don't know. Don't ask me. I should have been ready okay. for that as far as book. But yeah, I, I love. Oh, you know, Ken Follett, of course. All of his books. I'll pick up one. Um, but I really, every morning, I like to do three crossword puzzles. I read two different real newspapers. I stay away from Facebook news and those people. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm not a QAnon person, no. But I do have a question. Where are all those dead babies? And I didn't people, I'll tell you something, what I get, like that QAnon, they think that there's this big thing about babies and people are taking babies and eating babies. Well, guess what? I get an Amber Alert on my phone if a child goes missing. I haven't gotten any Amber Alerts for these babies that QAnon's wait, as said, that are missing. So, um, yeah, it's been a weird, weird, weird year. I like to focus on the positive, focus on um, truth, focus on going to that next level. And the people who are starting their own businesses, and I know a lot of people are today, and they should. If you have some kind of passion, you should start your own business, like you with the marketing. That's incredible stuff. A lot of people need that knowledge. I needed it. I had to learn that from somebody. Yeah, um, and if, if, if anybody had to uh, start uh, pursuing a coaching business like the way you do, Barbara, uh, what, what advice would you give uh, to them? Do they need to spend uh, thousands of dollars in a couple of years like the way you have done or do they need to take an, another route or do they have a shortcut? You know, it does cost money to get certified. It costs money to get certified. But if you're just teaching something, you can start with very little money. You can start with a website that allows you to do videos. Um, I use a website that, you know, gets everything together in one place and helps me market. You can start for very little money. But if you're going to get certified, it's going to cost, I don't know, two to $3,000 probably at least. But okay. it's worth I it. If you're going to coach, it's worth it. Okay. Yeah, that's that's definitely. Um, so are there any resources? Um, uh, definitely, that would also cost money, like the way the coaching, um, the, we, everybody had to spend three to $5,000 or even yeah. the platinum package with Tony Robbins, I guess that would cost around $20,000 or maybe, uh, right. I don't know the exact, I forgot the number, but are there any resources that have uh, helped you along the way uh, is there anything which you would like to share uh, apart from what we already saw on uh, the website, work is hell, suffering is optional, or at barbaragoldman.net? Are there any other resources that you would like to share, Barbara? Hmm. Well, if you go to YouTube and look me up, I'm there. <laughs> and I have, okay. uh, you know, but as far as resources that I'd like to share, I think that um, just Google. Google, Google, Google. Go on Indeed and look for jobs. Go on um, LinkedIn and look. Uh, reach out, network. If you're going to start your own business, 
trying to figure out what people want. If you don't know what they want, you lose so much time. If I were going to start today coaching, it's not about getting the certification as much as it's figuring out what do people want, what can I give them. Then you can get books about coaching that will give you coaching questions. And you can start practicing by giving free sessions. And then you can also, when you get certified, you can pay for these things over the year. A lot of them you can. And they'll work with you. So, but you can, I wouldn't start certification. I'd start, what do people want? Because you could be holding a certification that's worthless. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there are there are a few in my list which are worthless. I spent uh, <laughs> I spent close to thousand dollars on few certifications um, which are worthless, but definitely the learnings from that certification had helped me. In fact, um, like uh, as you mentioned, uh, what happens in the current moment or at this minute, mm-hmm. like the power of now, uh, Eckhart Tolle's. So uh, in every breath I take. There are a few learnings, which um, I always remember. Um, But again, I'm trying to have fun uh, doing what I love the most. So if there are any, um, okay, let's jump into this one. Okay. Yeah, please go ahead, Barbara. Sorry. I was just going to say, you asked me about uh, something that people should look for. Go to thework.com. The work. That's Byron Katie. She's my guru. Wow. Okay. Yeah, uh, I did hear. I love her, her, and I have been to a couple. Um, I've been to a couple events with her where I stayed for a week and and did this, uh, where she was there teaching. She's incredible. Go to thework.com. It's free. For free, she helps you. For free, you can download any materials that you want. There you go. I love her. She's my guru. She's such a special person. And she is a, um, I want to say it's Buddhism. You know, it's focusing on the now, focusing on controlling you, not controlling everyone else. Forget about controlling other people. All that's going to do is make you crazy or crazier than you are because you've been trying to control them. So Byron Katie, and in fact, there was a time in my life that was so hard. And that's how I found out about her. And I got through it because of Byron Katie. You don't need to go to a retreat. You don't need to spend money. By the time I went to a retreat, I was okay. (laughs) For free. Yeah. Loving what is. Yeah. It's like practical Buddhism. Practical Buddhism. It shows you how to flip that brain into what you should be thinking about. (laughs) <laughs> instead of that negative stuff that you're thinking about. She's great. Okay. Okay. So Thank that's you. that's Thank what you. I recommend. Now, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Now what do we do? <laughs> yeah, the thing, uh, the next thing which I have is like, who are the uh, three people who had been most influential to you? Uh, I would definitely pick Pyre and Katie now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Byron who are Katie. the other two? Hmm. Now, this is going to sound very, um, the first person that was my boss 
in recruiting who gave me a chance. He was from corporate and he saw my talent. So he promoted me into management. He taught me a lot. And um, there was another boss that I had that taught me a lot. The first boss, Steve, he taught me a lot about sales. Boy, did he tell me, he taught me how to sell. But the second one taught me how to just relax and be a nice person. And it all works out. The need of the hour. <laughs> Definitely everybody needs this one skill of being uh, more resilient and being nice to people. Um, being that nice person is something which everybody needs uh, over social media these days. So what was your first job like? So this first job, uh, the first boss, Steve, who taught you about sales, um, was your first job into sales <laughs> or? I'll tell you what I did. This is, this is a good story. Okay, I have a good story for you. I was very shy and I needed a real job. I needed to make, you know, more than, what I could get at the time was $900 a month as, you know, in management or, you know, some kind of an entry level thing. And I thought I can't live on that. So I saw this ad and I thought if I could just sell something, maybe I could make money and it would be good, but I was shy. So I saw this ad, I applied and they called me in for an interview. And this was management recruiters in Cleveland. Okay. Great people. They're a big, big company. Um, I don't know what they're called now, but they were a big company. And um, when I, I went in, I, I was so shy that I stopped and got a drink along the way. This is my secret, but I got a vodka and tonic along the way to that interview. <laughs> And then I started talking. All of a sudden, I wasn't shy anymore. And they said, <laughs> you're our girl. And so I started, you know, like the next Monday. And I was in shock. I couldn't even believe how hiring worked and how screwed up it was. And what we had to do to get contracts and how we recruited people. It was so odd that I didn't realize this, but most people would start in that environment and you're fired within three months because nobody can do it. But I, I hung in there. If they told me to make 40 calls a day, if they told me whatever they told me to hang by my toenails, I would have done it. 40 calls, I made 110. Whatever wow. they said, I believed in them. I believed that they were teaching me something that I desperately needed a way to make a living. And as a shy girl who my first job was as a, uh, like an, a, a secretary, we used to call them where no one, okay. I didn't talk to anybody. I was really shy. I was afraid of people to this job. I got it because I had a drink along the way and then they taught me. So when they said, you're going to do this, I did it. When they said, say it like this, I did it. And it worked. I didn't say it my way. I said it their way. <laughs> and so I quickly became very successful in recruiting. Awesome. In fact, uh, this is this is exciting, Barbara. Um, again, uh, for all the people um, 
who are going through uh, struggling through their career life or probably personal lives. Uh, if anybody had to um, uh, watch this interview or probably listening this on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, um, do let us know in the comments as to uh, the kind of feedback. So with respect to uh, job show or recruitment show, uh, or probably if somebody had to begin uh, a show, Barbara, uh, like coffee with uh, Barbara Goldman, or uh, probably we can kickstart uh, something which talks about work is hell, uh, suffering is optional. Yes. Um, if, if if you had to start off your show, now that you have time to listen to more people, even if you had to bring a panel together, let's do this. And um, um, in case if, uh, if, 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 if uh, somebody out there has got their feedback, do share it with us. And if you're watching the replay, do let us know. And is there anything which you would like to add to Barbara? Like, is there anything which uh, I had to ask you apart from what we spoke about? I know it's hard when you are interviewing, when you're out there putting yourself on the line and you are getting rejected every day, you're getting rejected. It hurts. And I've got, a, I've got, I've got a little uh, offer. I've got something that you need. The book is called, can I be your dog? Can I be your dog? And you got to look it up. It's a children's book. And the reason I know about this is one of my clients was really struggling with this. You know, you just get beaten up trying to get a job. That's just the way it is. And so her child brought the book, Can I Be Your Dog? And she started reading it. And it's about a dog that keeps asking, can I be your dog? The junkyard doesn't want the dog. Nobody wants the dog. And it's the story of the dog going, can I be your dog? And then when the perfect things happen, when the situation is the right one, he gets to be somebody's dog. And so when you, and she said to me, that's what I feel like. If I can take a look at every time I ask, it's rejection. There you go. Oh, you're so good. I just sent this to my grandson too. Is that the cutest? And because- yeah, it is. When I when my client told me the story, I my heart just sang. And you need to let your heart sing while you're going through this. So this is good for everyone. It's a quick read. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a quick read and it has got uh, thousands of five star ratings. Uh, so I'm definitely going to right. read this. Yeah, One just, of the it's great. <laughs> yeah, New York New York Times bestseller again. Uh, this is awesome. Because when you are out there interviewing, can I work for you? Can I be your vice president of sales? And no, no. <laughs> so you are always story. sincere and you're desperate with your request forever, just like a dog. Okay, this is awesome. Well, it's also, you know, dogs don't, don't if they get no, it doesn't matter. They keep going, <laughs> the tail's still wagging. A dog doesn't know, no. So, and people get their little, you know, get their feelings hurt. A dog is like, okay, I'll just go to someone else. Let me wag my tail. Everything's going to be fine. And we can all use that. Awesome. I, lo I love the strategy. Uh, probably, um, um, again, with corporate politics, uh, 
as per what what's the things kind the kind of things which are mentioned on your website i guess uh we can uh, delve deep into the corporate politics and talk yeah. about uh, your blog articles probably on another show uh but again with respect to uh, the kind of uh, strategic techniques which you had mentioned uh, making work more meaningful and working on the human needs the basic human needs again we know that end of the month now that uh, i i'm working from paycheck to paycheck but everybody out there is quite happy about um, the kind of uh, lifestyle they are leading they're happy mm-hmm. about the monthly paychecks they're more excited uh, when the salary gets credited um so definitely uh, if there is more satisfaction with work and if there if somebody out there is looking for a lasting change and meaningful um career with the kind of relationship which they have with the work i would strongly recommend uh, people to log on to barbaragoldman.net let me also highlight that um in the comment section okay it's right there barbaragoldman.net and thank you so much barbara for thank your valuable you. time mm, we will uh, pleasure yeah this is awesome i i loved I, in fact i had seen your dog on your chair at the beginning of the show but i don't think it's uh um it's it's around here but she went um, somewhere else she went yeah. somewhere else she got bored when okay. we say goodbye she will come back on my lap she listens for that sign off wow okay <laughs> that's that's awesome now I, now the only question is can i be your dog on another show <laughs> well sure sure let's get a little pet yeah <laughs> probably the need of the or again uh, let's do uh, barbara i would request you to uh, uh, kick start this on um, another linkedin live in fact i would request you to uh, please probably we can do a 30 minute talk show and see if i can get somebody out there as a third person okay. um probably somebody from our team or i'll get another coach who might be certified or we'll see if you could have a 30 minute uh, talk maybe weekly or monthly that would be awesome i would like to keep this i would this. love it i would love yeah. it yeah thank you so much barbara and uh, we will keep this going um so i'll get back to you probably we could definitely do uh, monthly once for sure we can definitely do but if i had to get in touch with you on a weekly basis again i will um, i'm here i'll yeah i'll, I'll be your guest we have a lot to talk about <laughs> yeah i mean we can continue if you, if if you have to share something we can continue uh we can go on but i know the fact that you love questions so i uh, do next time if i could have questions next time because when i can talk to someone and then i can figure out what i like to do is talk to people figure out really the kernel of the problem and then come up with ideas that's i love that yeah one one big problem which uh, we are struggling with right now not as a company but as a uh, marketer is again the kind of engagement which we need to uh, bring in um, not only on the live streams but also on the post but normally people um, don't comment on the business pages that's what we've seen but as you mentioned there is a conversation probably there is somebody out there who might be uh monitoring because 80% of social media scrolling happens through monitoring like people see people watch oh doesn't okay yeah 80% oh. of them people keep scrolling people keep 
seeing uh, people keep monitoring um, again uh, uh, that's what uh, people say but again the real engagement happens in the closed environment or in the closed groups not in the public groups or not in the right. public pages but i see people are excited in the private groups that's where the uh, community building activities go uh, that's how the clubhouse the audio network the social media uh, the new audio uh, social network you heard about clubhouse right uh, barbara like are you yes, on clubhouse no, I'm not on. There's so much I need to do. And I'm just really, you know, I've done all of this myself. I don't have any writers. I don't have any, I just, I don't know. So I'm always yeah. so busy. It's hard for me to figure out what to do next. Yeah, you're I, kidding me. So everything with the website or the emails, everything it's done all me. by you. Yeah, I did oh, every bit of it. And you haven't even seen all the videos. I've got videos that I just don't show because i show them to my clients they're private i have a lot of stuff and i'm still making more you know that's so awesome. yeah that's all me because i hired somebody one time to do a video and i couldn't take it i want something short to the point and not to patronize someone i wanted it to be real so i just took it over myself and then i've been doing that ever since <laughs> wow I like the visuals, the images which you uh, uh, put on the videos, the way when you are narrating the storytelling journey, uh, which I had seen on a couple of the videos which are there on the website, which is uh, straight to the, um, like it's quite apt to what you're saying. And mm -hmm. it it makes us get glued to what you're uh, narrating. In fact, um, that that's awesome. I did have that question, but I wanted to take that on a personal note. But thank you so much, Barbara. Thank you for thank your you. valuable time for the last uh, golden 60 minutes. Again, I'll talk to you soon. And um, for all the listeners out there, uh, thank you so much. Um, uh, stay tuned for another episode of Directive Stories. Uh, tomorrow we have Scott Johnson. Uh, in, in fact, Scott um, had been uh, uh, had been interviewed by uh, Bill Gates and. Um, he, in fact, Bill Gates had personally thanked him, and he was right there. Um, so there, there's one of the social media posts where he got promoted, um, and you can go through the uh, links. Probably, if you if you walk in through the uh, if you walk through the uh, directive social media post, you'll be able to see that. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you soon again. This is your host Raj. And thank you for listening to Directive Stories. Bye-bye. Take care.